This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 208, and it's another installment of the Movement Series. I'm joined by Jenna Doak, co-owner and head trainer at Body Positive Fitness. We're talking about why she started Body Positive Fitness, her journey away from toxic fitness culture, and how to get over all or nothing thinking to help you have a better relationship with movement. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode, including... 30% off a five class pass at Body Positive Fitness by heading to my website for this episode, summerinandin.com forward slash 208, and then use the coupon code summer35. All of that is in the show notes. And that equates to $45. So you get five, a five class pack for $45, which is amazing. If you think about how much you sometimes have to pay to do a class somewhere. And it's going to be body positive, which is even more amazing. And Jenna will tell you more about that through this episode. Before we get started with that, I wanted to give a shout out to Aztajons. Aztajons. I'm thinking, hopefully I didn't completely butcher that. I'm an Italian girl and I listen to these podcasts every morning in my journey to university. Each podcast reveals something new and I became aware of so many aspects of my life. It's helping me so much, not only with my eating disorder, but also with the general idea I had of myself. There is a lot to do, but I want to change my life. And this podcast plays a fundamental role in this process. Thank you so much, Summer. You're great. Thank you so much all the way from Italy. I appreciate that immensely. I'm going to have to tell my my mom because she's Italian and she'll be just thrilled. Nona will be thrilled by that review. So lovely to know that there's people listening from all over the world. It just is so, so cool when I hear that. If you haven't already done so, definitely leave a review for this show. It helps others to find the information you're learning here. You can do that by going to Apple Podcasts, search for Eat the Rules, click ratings and reviews, and then click to leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. It will take 10 seconds of your time to just hit that little subscribe button. However you listen to this podcast, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever, YouTube, however you listen, just hit that little button there. And that helps so much, helps me. It's like a freeway 
to support what you're hearing here. And it means a lot to me. Okay, so we are back. And this is another episode of the movement series. I was so excited when I found Jenna because like her entire business is around body positive fitness. That's all she does is teach these classes and they are online. So you can join from anywhere in the world. And I just love her attitude and approach to fitness. Like it's just, it's so needed. It's so refreshing. I always have people tell me like, Hey, Summer, I'm looking for, you know, a gym that's not triggering, or I'm looking for like a, you know, a particular class, whether it be Zumba or yoga, where like, I'm going to see some diversity in bodies. Well, you have come to the right place because body positive fitness has all of that. And I'm just so like, it just makes me so happy to see this because, you know, having come from like having such a disordered relationship with exercise, it's like none of this was out there 20 years ago. You know, when I was growing up, it was like, there was just one way to kind of get into fitness. And that was either playing a sport or going to a gym. And all of those things were really enmeshed in like, you know, looking a certain way. And so it almost makes me emotional to see, you know, these new trainers really coming to the surface. Well, they're not new trainers, but you know, like their business is really kind of rising and getting more traction and supporting people in such an amazing and inclusive way. And so I'm super pumped to have Jenna on the show today. I'm going to read her bio for you right now. Jenna Doak is the co-owner and head trainer at Body Positive Fitness. She has been a personal trainer for 15 years. And after healing her own disordered relationship with fitness, food, and her body, she now teaches others how to do the same while providing a safe fitness environment for all. Definitely check out the five class pass. You can do that by going to the link that's in the show notes for this episode. Again, that's at summerinandin.com forward slash 208. You get 30% off a five class pass. You just have to use the code SUMMER35. And yeah, try some classes out, get moving. It'll be fun. And listen to the rest of this episode. Enjoy. Hello, Jenna. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today as part of the series on movement for this podcast. Yeah, I was pretty excited when you reached out and I checked out your website and I was like, who is this person and what is she doing? And it's like just so refreshing to see. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to have you share your story and what you do and and give some advice to people around helping them change the relationship with movement today. For sure. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling everyone a little bit about your kind of fitness journey, like, you know, where you started with it and what really changed for you to make you shift into body positive fitness training? Yeah. So I was introduced to the fitness industry at a very young age. I want to say I was like 13, 14 when I started working at a gym. My family, my uncle owned some gyms when I was growing up. So of course, that's what families do. Your first job is there on the weekends, folding towels, doing the grunt work, you know? So yeah, at a very young age before I think you're even allowed to get a gym membership, I worked at a gym. So I did that until I was 18. And then as soon as I was 18, I was so inspired (laughs) by the fitness people and the fitness industry that I went and got certified as a personal trainer as soon as I could. And I've been a personal trainer ever since. Yeah. And so like you mentioned just that you used to have kind of some disordered behaviors as it relates to fitness and stuff. Like how has your relationship with fitness evolved since when you kind of were first introduced to it at that young age? Yeah. So back then when I started working at a gym, it was like, 
before social media, right? Really before people were on the internet. So I was just surrounded by like fitness magazines all the time. And I right away like wanted to be a fitness model. That was my goal. And that was my goal for, I want to say like 12 years. And I did everything I could to be one of those people in the magazines, which I know now is impossible. (laughs) Because I did everything I could to try to have that body and the abs and the tan and look a certain way, right? And as I know now through experience, you literally have to be sick to look like that. And that's what I was. I did everything I could. I had so many personal trainers. I took all the supplements, all the diets, and was constantly fighting my body to look this way because I wanted to be a fitness model. I wanted to be successful in the industry. And I thought that that was how you did it. And yeah, it was a long, hard fight to try to be that person. And it's like, I don't want to say that there was a moment that I like hit rock bottom and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I just started to like gradually come out of it and see how impossible it was. And I was so sick of fighting with myself every month, every week, starting a new program, starting a new diet, trying a new supplement that might work better. It was constant. So thankfully, eventually I found my way out to the other side. Yeah. And so, I mean, I imagine that must have been like a bit of a hard transition for you, like just sort of letting go of that identity because it's like a career. I mean, it's your career, right? When you're doing that. Yeah, it was hard because I was coming out of it all while still working in the gym and in the industry where all of these like toxic behaviors are normal. Like I wasn't the only one there doing that. Everybody was right. So when I started to look at fitness differently and look at my body differently. I put on about 70 pounds in the first, I would say three years of healing my relationship with myself and movement and all of that. And I almost felt shunned by the fitness industry, like as if I was giving up or letting myself go, whereas I was actually getting healthier and just starting to think like a normal, well, not a normal person, because a lot of people think that way, but not think the way I was taught for so many years. Yeah. And so like, how did you overcome that, that challenge, I guess, in terms of almost being like the black sheep, I guess, like, how did you step into owning that for for yourself? I'm curious to know. I really started to separate myself from the people in the fitness industry, the people at the gym, I dropped a lot of friends, they just couldn't be my people anymore. And creating body positive fitness. So I started running body positive movement classes outside of the gym. I was renting spaces from like art spaces and theater spaces and libraries and teaching people that they didn't need to be in the gym to move their bodies. And the community I created through that, those were my new people. So although yes, I was still at a gym for all my personal training and I loved all my clients, my clients were very supportive my friendships and the people that I really invested my time into were no longer the people in the gym. Yeah. And that must have been hard, I guess, to kind of let go of that. Yeah, it was hard. But you know what, like, it really made me realize what a true friendship is and what makes a good person. It sounds shitty, but a lot of people who work in the fitness industry are really shallow. And they didn't care if I was around or not, you know, and they weren't proud of what I was doing, or even trying to understand what I was doing. People that had known me for 10 plus years, 
didn't want to like dig a little deeper to find out what's going on. It was just like, oh, Jenna got fat, you know, like didn't matter to them. So it's a blessing in disguise when you find out like who the good people are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, you must have seen so much toxicity and the behaviors that are kind of fostered within those fitness environments. How do you aim to do things differently with body positive fitness? Oh, so in so many ways. And just to go back to how normalized this toxic behavior is in the gym is like constantly talking about bodies. Like that is locker room talk or lunch table talk at a gym is like what you're doing and what goals you're trying to achieve and what supplements you're taking. And are you doing fasted cardio and I'm doing this and you're doing that and you should try this. And like that is so many of the conversations that go on in a gym. And then it's also what trainers talk about with their clients, right? Like how many times did you run this week? And what did you have for breakfast? And my biggest thing when I started the movement classes was there was never going to be talk about your body, not even in a way that wasn't about weight loss. Like I don't want to know if your arms look more toned. We're not trying to do that here, right? It's okay to talk about feeling stronger and feeling like you have more energy and that you're sleeping better and you have a better sex life and all of these other things, but no talk about the size or shape of your body in any way was my biggest rule, I guess. Obviously, no scales, no measurements, no tracking, no planning. Like you're going to do this workout Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's not my job to tell you that, right? And people can be confused by that. They're like, why would I hire a personal trainer if they're not going to tell me what to do? That's why we hire personal trainers, right? I'm here to support my clients and what they want to do and help them figure out what they want to do. If something, if you don't like something, I don't think you should do it, period, right? Not everybody has to do the same type of movement or activity. So literally, I went against the grain of everything a personal trainer has been taught to do. Yeah, yeah. And so how long ago did you start Body Positive Fitness? We actually turned four this Wednesday. Okay, congratulations. Four years ago was the very first, it was called a BOPO Move class, body positive movement class. It was out of an art space and it was to teach people that you don't need a gym and you don't need equipment. All you need is your body. And yeah, four years ago this week was the very first class. Amazing, amazing. And do you sometimes get like people who are kind of confused by that? Or do you feel like you were attracting people who were already familiar with kind of the, you know, the tenets of body positivity? I would say that 90% of our clients find us because it's what they're looking for. They want something that is not your regular gym, gym thing. (laughs) I don't know. Not your regular gym goers. They want a safe space. They want a fat positive space, a body positive space. There are people that stumble upon us and then they start to figure it out which is great because they're like, Oh, I never thought about it like this. I never thought about not tracking my weight or my workouts, but I'm going to give it a go because how many times have, has everybody started a new program and started tracking again and started weighing themselves again. And then it never works ever. We know that (laughs) you fall off, you fall off because those numbers don't change. And then you wait six months and then you do it again. And I find that in all of my years as a personal trainer, the client retention in the way that I'm teaching fitness now is so much greater because there isn't an end. There isn't an end goal. It's not like I'm going to lose 30 pounds and then I'm there. It's like, no, you're just doing this because it's good for you and you want to. It feels good. You're not chasing something. 
So yeah, I would say most people are looking for something different, but there are a few that stumble upon us and go, where am I? But this is cool. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, I love I love hearing you say that retention is higher, because that really like kind of goes against what most fitness pros sort of teach as it relates to okay, you got to have these like really specific goals. But as we know, well, actually, I pulled a quote from your website, because (laughs) on your site, it says exercise is great for so many reasons. But when we are fixated on moving for the sole purpose of changing our appearance or size, fitness loses all joy. And I think that's like that hits the nail on the head is like, you feel like a failure. And so therefore, you walk away from it completely, or you're kind of on this cycle of like, always feeling like you're starting over. And you don't have that consistency because because there is no success when if it's tied to like looking a certain way or weighing a certain amount. Yeah. And another thing is like the all or nothing mentality that I think a lot of people are taught. And that's how they view fitness and movement is like, I'm either doing it or I'm not. And you're either like, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week. And then you don't. So then you just stop. Whereas the way we treat our clients and talk to our clients, like if I haven't seen you in a class in three weeks, I'm not going to say, where have you been? It's not my business where you've been. I'm going to say, hi, nice to see you. Like, let's do this. So there's no shame in like being away and coming back, taking time off and coming back, coming five days a week, coming once a week, coming once a month, whatever works for you is fine with me. So when you don't have that, I'm either in or I'm out mentality, which a lot of people do have with fitness, then it makes it easier to just keep going. And it's part of your life. And maybe sometimes it's more and maybe sometimes it's less. Life happens, right? Things come up or you don't want to, right? And you would never hear any shame from any of our instructors or questioning where somebody has been. And when you're a personal trainer, you are taught to create these goals with a client, create a timeline so that you can remeasure and then set new goals and then just keep doing that. And that's the way they say you will retain clients is to make them keep chasing something, right? Whereas what happens is the client feels like a failure and then they're gone. Yeah, exactly. And then when they're ready to try again, they're probably too ashamed. So they go somewhere else. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's so, so true. Okay, so let's start getting into kind of, I would love, you know, your perspective and your advice on some of these questions that I always get asked from people as it relates to changing their relationship with movement. And I think let's start with because you were just talking about that all or nothing mindset. And I know that so many people have that. And I'm curious to know, like, what your advice is to someone to help them try to overcome that, like to, to, I know you mentioned kind of like how you work with clients around that, like, you don't say like, hey, where have you been? But do you have any advice for people who are like, who kind of just still have that own internal way of thinking about it? What would you say to them to help them think about it differently? So first of all, I always like to teach people that movement and activity, which is really like, that's all that fitness is. Fitness has all these whistles and bells on it, like what type of workout you're doing, but movement and activity and mobility are the things that we need in our lives, right? And that looks different for everybody. I like to tell people to try to be active in some way, more days of your week than not, right? You have to understand that vacuuming your whole house is activity right? 
So is going for a walk. So is dancing with your kid for a half an hour. So is like doing laundry, going up and down the stairs. Like these are activities. It is movement to get your heart rate going. You break a sweat. It doesn't have to be scheduled in your book that you're doing a kettlebell workout on Wednesday, right? So if somebody wants to try to take a look at their days and their weeks and see where they're active, let's not forget about that, right? That counts. You don't have to be paying for a workout or a personal training session or doing something specific to be an active person. My second piece of advice is to find things that you love doing, right? If you don't like weight training, don't weight train. You don't have to do that. Your life is not going to be worse because you don't weight train. And yes, this is coming from a personal trainer (laughs) and somebody who has taught weight training for over a decade. Find what you like and start getting that into your life. If you love Zumba, if you love yoga, if you love a mobility class, if you love boxing, try things and find out what you have fun with. And then try to put that into your week where it fits and where you want to do it. And if you start to look at the way your body moves throughout a week, and you're intentionally trying to move your body throughout the week, that is all you need. It doesn't have to be complicated, right? And there are so many ways to move our bodies. And it doesn't have to be something that you hate, and you have to dread going to it and scheduling it in and hoping you make it through. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think I mean, you really hit on something there with this idea that like, we think it has to look a certain way for it to count. You know, like for it to be like, okay, that count, you know, because I was sweating and I was huffing and puffing versus like looking at all the movement that you actually just do on a daily basis or a weekly basis and giving some form of credit to that as a form of movement. Yeah. Some people live really busy lives, right? I live a very busy life. I'm teaching all day. I have to take my dogs to the dog park. I have to take my puppy for a hike. I have to go do groceries. I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm busy. By the end of my day, like I'm actually physically tired because I've been moving so much. I shouldn't feel like I need to also schedule in a workout. And a lot of people do have busy lives like that. Now, if you don't, if you are on a computer for most of the day, then yeah, then you want to look at where can you schedule in movement, but it doesn't always have to be the same thing and it doesn't have to be something you hate. Put on a good podcast and go for a walk for 15 minutes, right? It doesn't have to be a high intensity cardio class that you absolutely dread and it hurts your knees and it hurts your back. (laughs) Why would you do that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm curious to know your advice to someone who, I guess, who's had maybe more of a fraught relationship with movement, and it still feels like a should, you know, it still feels almost like a burden, like this is something I should be doing. They don't really have that want or desire. What's your advice to someone who's perhaps going through something like that? So yeah, one, going back to trying different things and finding things that you like. We teach virtually now. So I find that people are more comfortable trying things in their own home than they would be going into a gym and trying a Zumba class. Like that's kind of scary, right? If you've never done it. People don't even have to turn their cameras on. And if dancing around your living room for half an hour feels good, maybe you don't know that you like that. So trying new things, figuring out what does bring you joy Another little trick, and I don't like the word trick, but when we're on like, when we're feeling kind of low and groggy and don't want to, and it's a chore, you just literally need to shift your body into a new zone. So try a workout for five minutes, right? Try going to a class and tell yourself you're going to go for 10 minutes 
And if you're still not feeling it, you have permission to leave. Usually, in most cases, when you're 10 minutes in and now you're listening to music and your heart rate is elevated and you're feeling warm and sweaty and those endorphins start going, you are going to want to finish it because you're now, now you're having fun, right? It's hard to shift yourself into that zone, but once you're in it, it usually feels good. So that's the other thing is I tell people, you don't have to commit to an hour workout. Tell yourself you're going to do 10 minutes and then see what happens. And if you're still not there, then maybe you're just tired and you shouldn't be there, you know, and you can, you can check out. But usually after the first 10 minutes, it feels good and you're, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, I think this like the, you know, this idea of not seeing it through this perfectionist lens is really hard to break away from, you know, like even thinking like 10 minutes is good enough is a really hard thing to wrap your head around mentally when you're always sort of looking at it through this perspective of like, it has to be done like X in order for it to be adequate, which is just not true at all. Yeah. And again, that's just something that fitness and diet culture has us brainwashed. Of course, 10 minutes is good. Why wouldn't it be? Why is moving around for 10 minutes not good? It's better than not, right? Like it's something and it's the start. And maybe if you're brand new to movement, like 10 minutes is enough and it doesn't have to be an hour or 45 minutes and all out, you know? I used to have such a mindset that I had to be working at like this high intensity too and learning to like bring myself down and like slow it down. And are you breathing and check in with yourself? It feels way better when you're not putting yourself to a spot that you probably shouldn't be at. Yes, yes, yes. I totally, I feel the same way. Like just being able to kind of like, I'm just going to take it a lot more easy today. Or, you know, I'm just going to like really dial this back. And, and knowing that you kind of have control to honor what your body needs is quite empowering. I think it's just, it's the mindset around it that you have to really work more on of being okay with it. (laughs) Yeah. And I am the least injured that I have ever been in my entire life, even though I'm fatter, (laughs) right? And I work out less. My body feels a million times better than it did when I was in the depths of my fitness like craze, because I'm honoring what feels good and what doesn't. And my back is not thrown out and my knees don't hurt. And I don't have a bad shoulder, like all these things that I always had an issue. I haven't had for years. Same, same. I was talking about this in an earlier episode. Like I always had some kind of whether it was like, you know, my knee or I was always throwing my back out or my neck. Like I was I spent so much money on going to the chiropractor and and like all these things. And I haven't like I mean not I probably watch I'm gonna have to now. Like the last time I threw my neck out, I was like at a playground with my son and I was I went and hung on the monkey bars and like my neck got thrown out. (laughs) But I was (laughs) but it was just It was an example of how like, you know, I just whenever I'm doing any other kind of movement, like I I know my limits. And I just yeah, it's that's such a positive side effect to not be injured. Like that's a red flag is you're injured all the time. And to do things mindfully, like when you threw yourself on the monkey bars, you probably didn't think about it. You probably just did it. Yes. (laughs) It's not smart. You weren't like, grab one hand. Okay, does that feel good? Now the other one? Okay, does that feel good? Engage the core pull the shoulders down, and then you're good. But you just threw yourself up there, right? Which is also a good example of how fitness works a lot of the time. People just show up to a class and the instructor's like, okay, like, here we go. You're doing squats. Now we're doing squat jumps. Now we're doing this. And if you're new to it and you're not like in your body and know what works and what doesn't, you're going to get hurt. 
Whereas we, so in our classes, everything we do is for time, but we always say, if we have a minute to do squats, I don't mean squat for a minute. I mean, you have a minute to do squats. If you want to do three of them, nice and slow, you do that. You want to do 20 of them, you do that. But it's you have a minute, not go for a minute, don't stop. Use that time to like feel out what you want to do. Yeah. One of the things I noticed when I was looking at your social media and Instagram, one of your posts was that you had, I think it was probably a reel, but anyways, it said like options, not modifications. Like I was just curious to know about that, like that difference and and like how you kind of like approach things differently than I guess other trainers would in that regard. Yeah. So a lot of the time people will be like, here's the exercise, but if you can't do it, try this. And if you can't do this, try this. Like almost like it's one's here and one's here. Oh, okay. Like a hierarchy. Yes. But, and it's not so much about like, if you can't do it, it's maybe it doesn't feel that good in your back, or maybe it is making you dizzy. Or maybe like your stomach is just not ready for that. You know, it's like, here's the muscles we're working. Here are a bunch of options on how you can work those muscles in the same ish way. And giving people the option to like choose which way they want to do it rather than saying you're either here, here or here. Pick which level you're at. It's And one day, one day you might be doing it one way. And then another day, that might not feel the best. So you choose to do it a different way. So we always just give lots of options for people to find what feels good and what doesn't. And that might change every time you do a workout for different reasons. You know? Wow. That's like such a different way of looking at it, though. But I can see how that's so helpful. Oh, for sure. And it's not about one is like you're more fit if you're doing this. Like sometimes, literally in the morning after I've had two cups of coffee, I don't want to be doing squats. (laughs) You know, I want to be doing a leg extension instead because it just it feels better. I'm not just what's better for your body in that time or your mind in that time. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's like that to me is just so different. I was really in the CrossFit culture for such a long time. So that's obviously like just such a different way of looking at it. And I can see how that would really help people to meet their body where they're at and also help them to, you know, almost like choose your own adventure of like, what do you feel like today? And what feels best for you instead of feeling like, I'm less than because I'm only at this stage or I'm doing it this way. Yeah, exactly. And we always say that like, this is your workout. I'm here to guide you and I can help you and I can teach you, but it's your workout. If I said squats and you wanted to do bicep curl, like go for it. If that's what you were feeling, I'm here to support you and give you options, but you can always choose what you should be doing. Yes, I love that. So I'm curious to know, like, do you make goals with people at all? Or how do you kind of approach that paradigm? Like when you're starting with someone, like, how do you sort of, you know, set the intentions for moving forward? For sure. Yes. And it's different with every client. If somebody like has strength goals, I'm all for it. You want to learn how to do pushups. And then you want to have a goal. I had a client who wanted to do one pushup from her toes. I think we had like six months and that was one of her goals. And we worked on it and we by we got the six months, she was doing 10 pushups from her toes. That absolutely can be celebrated, right? So strength goals, absolutely. Endurance goals, stamina, all of those things, mobility. We can focus on all of that. I love goals around like your body just feeling better, sleep habits, 
energy throughout the day. You know, there are so many things that fitness does for us that isn't about like the size of your body or how your body might change. So yeah, definitely we set goals. It's just not about, well, it is about numbers and how many pushups you can do. But you know what I mean? Yeah, but only in that circumstance, right? Whereas if like someone didn't have that, then it would just be more about the intention to get stronger, I suppose. Yeah. And mobility is a big one. Just being more mobile, flexible, not having back pain anymore. A lot of people have goals to just be pain free, just not live without pain anymore. And activity goals, just wanting help to be more active. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a lot of goals that we work on. What's your advice to someone who wants to perhaps go to, you know, go to a gym or go to a class or, you know, work with a trainer, but they're nervous that perhaps this place is going to be kind of seeped in diet culture or they're going to be judged or triggered? What are some things that they should really be looking for or asking about? That's a tough one because I really don't trust a lot of gyms and gym people. Specifically, if you're looking for somebody who's not going to focus on weight and measuring you, I would ask if they are familiar with health at every size. I think a lot of people would say that they are familiar with body positivity because they think it's just love yourself. We can just love yourself, you know. But if you want a trainer who's familiar with health at every size, that would be an important one to ask. If you can search out specifically body positive gyms or body positive trainers near you, the good thing is a lot of people are virtual now. So we used to get it all the time. I wish you were in my town. There's nothing like this here. And now we're everywhere. So that helps that the virtual world has grown so much. But it's scary. It sucks, but it's scary because a lot of people try to maybe foster some of the beliefs that I'm trying to teach, but don't know how to put them into practice. And I think that you can harm people really easily, even if it's not on purpose, if you don't know how to introduce somebody to fitness and moving their bodies in ways that feel good. I think a lot of personal trainers are under the words not educated, like they don't have enough experience with all different types of bodies to keep them safe. So it's tough. It is. I would say it's like a, you know, it's really hard to find. And it's, I mean, it's really great that someone like you is doing this virtually because then there's opportunities for people to be able to have someone like you that they probably wouldn't necessarily be able to find in their local, in their local town. Yeah. And another cool thing is like there are so many different types of classes and fitness online now. So it doesn't have to be like personal training, it could be a dance class. It could be a yoga class, which is probably a little less intimidating than walking into a gym and trying that. There's that as well. Yeah. I find with people like who've had, some people have had almost like a traumatic history with fitness and just different experiences that they've had. And it's like, it can bring up a lot of stuff when they try to kind of go about it in a different way. And I think, I guess that's also just something to keep in mind is that it's okay to kind of have those feelings about it and to you know, to go easy on yourself. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to that. Yeah, like when I think about, and it's not my fault, I always tell myself that like the things I did as a personal trainer in my younger years, like I was a 22 year old girl and a 50 year old woman who has three kids and a full time job comes in. And I'm wrapping a tape measure around her waist and saying, this is bad, you need to do this, 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 like, I know how many people that has happened to, because I was the person doing that. And I'm only one person. And I did it to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And that's traumatic. 
and then you go into a class and you don't feel good and you feel like you're going to pass out or throw up or then you're sore for two weeks. Like that's traumatic. And no wonder people are uncomfortable and scared just like walking into a gym and joining a class. It is way scarier for way more people than it is not. And my goal is to change the entire fitness industry. I hope that one day that never happens. But for now, body positive fitness is a very, very small part of the fitness industry. It is, although I feel like there is more and more. I do feel it is changing when I kind of think about who I follow on social media and some of the people I know. Like I feel, I feel like there's so many more options than there's ever been before, which is great. Oh, absolutely. There are way more options. But the thing is, we, me and you, surround ourselves with these types of people. So it seems like there's a lot. Don't get me wrong, I follow tons of body positive yoga instructors, Zumba instructors, Pilates instructors. So they are out there, but all of them are on my, like, I follow all of them. And when it comes to like finding something that is local to somebody, it's probably very hard to find because Toronto is one of the biggest cities in the world and I'm the only one there, right? You think that it would be more than that, but there's not yet. People are coming around slowly. They are, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it's always a slow change, but there are rifts happening (laughs) in the ecosystem or however you want to describe it. So as we wrap things up here, I would just love to know what you have to offer, like what body positive fitness has to offer, what kind of classes you do, and where people can find more of you. Yeah, we offer everything. (laughs) It's so wild. So we do 100 classes a month right now, live. Wow. Yeah, live via Zoom. All of our classes, we keep them pretty small. So it's a pretty little tight knit community. We have everything from Zumba, yoga, weight training, body weight training, core classes, stretch and mobility, boxing. I'm sure I'm missing some. I don't know. We have so many classes. So it's like, that's where I say like, find your thing. We have so many options, right? Where you can find what you love. We also have a run club, which is done virtually as well. And then we have a BOPO social. So you can come hang out. We have book clubs. We're teaching people about health at every size and body positivity. We have stitching bitches, open mic nights. It's wild. We've got a lot going on. That's awesome. That's so great that you, it sounds like you've really built up like a, a little, like a community. And yeah, it's cool, especially now that we're virtual. And it's like not just you sign into a Zoom class, you keep your camera off, you don't talk to anybody. People are becoming friends and connecting in other ways. And then you show up to class and you're like, Oh, hey, Sarah, you were together last night at book club, you know, so it's it's cool like that. And then yeah, we do personal training and coaching to help people like we talked about, set goals and set up their schedules and what they want to try and what they want to do. Yeah. Amazing. That's great. And so where can people find more of you then? Instagram is a big platform for us. uh, Body positive fitness underscore. And then body positive fitness on Facebook. Our social group is Bopo Social on Facebook. We also have a community group, Bopo Movement on Facebook. And then our website, bodypositivefitness.ca. And so even though you're located in Canada, you see people, you would include people all over the world. Yeah, everywhere. I uh, trained somebody in Hong Kong this morning. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Congratulations. I mean, 
kind of a good time to be doing online fitness classes <laughs> versus having like a brick and mortar. So that's great. Well, I appreciate all your time and wisdom today. I think people are going to be really excited to check out your stuff and know that there's a lot more options for them with your offerings and classes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much, Jenna. Rock on. I love Jenna's approach to fitness. I hope you enjoy it too. I hope you took away some good stuff. I hope it validated how you feel and galvanized you to maybe, you know, have a different relationship with moving your body and to check out the classes at Body Positive Fitness. You can do that by going to, well, you can go to bodypositivefitness.ca, which is the main website. But if you want to get the discount on the class pass, all you need to do is go to the show notes for this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 208 and go to, you'll be able to like click on the link there to get the class pass and use code SUMMER35 and enjoy. Move your body. Enjoy it. Oh, and I forgot to mention at the start, if you haven't already, get the free 10-day body confidence makeover that is also going to pop up when you go to my website. And that'll give you 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. We've got a couple more episodes left in the movement series. So stay tuned for that. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanen. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.